0: Good morning. Thanks for joining us here at the station with the classic hits and the gardening gang. Yay! For a Saturday morning, twenty-seventh day. It's almost wintertime, show Have you is. noticed that autumn has hit us? Mm-hmm. A bit cool out there. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about winter gardening today? Help me what? out there, please. <laughs> Because why we need, we need to get pray, ready, tell man. Look,
1: every season we need to get ready for that season, and we need to get ready for winter. To be a successful winter gardener, just a bit of prep needs to happen. So I'm going to just
0: pack up and go home for a couple of months no. and go north.
1: <laughs> no, we live in a temperate area. We're so blessed on the central coast that we can grow things year round. In fact, I'd say almost anything with a little bit of clever positioning. So, today we'll be talking about all the things that you can grow in your garden over winter and how to get ready for that as I'd well. I'd rather
0: go on a cruise or something to do can't no. I <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, we are here for your joy and excitement today. Mm. Uh, and how to get your winter garden organised. And we're also sponsored too by Alan Grahams Caravans and RVs at Wyoming and uh, they like the winter because people buy a caravan and escape, you see. <laughs> and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows and they like winter as well because you lock your house up.
1: Oh, you do. You do. You do. You do.
0: And that's, uh, they've been long-term sponsors here. And mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime, let's continue uh, with great classic hits here at Coast FM. This is Coast FM. Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here for a Saturday morning. It is the gardening gang. And uh, today, of course, the topic comes down to preparing our garden for winter. Yes, it does. At our place, it looks pretty messy, I've got to say. It really does. It needs a bit of attention, maybe, mm. a bit of, suggestion, bit of suggestion, and a bit of hard yakker, I think, which is what I can't provide. Oh. I'm continually here doing this radio show and I can't work in the garden like I used to. Anyway, (laughs) uh, what are the biggest challenges apart from what I've got to contend with?
1: Pretty much what you just said, Pete, is the fact that you're not getting off your butt and doing it. That's (laughs) it. I think the biggest challenge in winter in the garden is the fact that it's cold and we just don't want to get out there and do it. But the thing is, like every sort of job, if you do a little bit at a time, you'll get it all done in the end. So, you know, preparation as well leads to maybe not perfection but it being pretty good for winter.
0: Well, I think it's more motivation than preparation.
1: Motivation. Well, let me get you motivated to get out into the garden. Right. Off we go. All right. First of all, get rid of all of those leaves. That's what you need to get rid of. And don't throw them in the green waste bin. You can mulch them. They can all go into your mulch really, really easily. Or put them in a pile somewhere, cover with a bit of hessian, and then they will die down and sort of, well, they're probably dead already. But they'll go into a nice compost and you can use in the rest of the garden. Or just use the dry leaves as they they are as a mulch. Now, I know some people might think this looks untidy, but just imagine you're in a lovely forest and that's what the forest floor would look like. So that's something that you do need to do to get yourself ready as well. Clean up any disease.
0: Hold on. I what? I have a garden at the front of our house. Yes. which overlooks the street of course and right. I'm a pretty important uh, street appeal to our place. Uh-huh. A whole bunch of mulch on the front. Grass <laughs> is going to look Bloody not
1: on the grass, Pete, in amongst in your garden beds. In your oh, garden okay, right. Beds. Okay. okay. All okay. right. Okay,
0: leaves go leaves. in mulcher, mulcher that's goes it. on garden beds. No,
1: that's right.
0: Okay. Clean
1: up any disease plants that are around and just leave the rest alone. That's what you need to do. Get rid of invasive weeds as soon as you see them because they will take hold very quickly if we get some nice winter sun and – the rain that we're expecting as well. Make sure that if you're in a frost-prone area that you cover crops at this time of the year because you might be you know, prone Makes to frost sense. and things yeah. like that as sure. well so you might need to do that. Prune your perennials at this time. You want them to last, some of them you don't want them to be just annuals, you want them to last a bit longer so give them a prune but make sure that you do it gently. You don't want to give them a great big chop because they need a little bit of energy to get through the season it's also time to divide and plant out bulbs we've been talking about bulb planting for weeks and weeks now Really, this is it. We're coming to the end of it now, so get in there and do that. It's time to harvest and regenerate your compost as well. Now that the heat of summer is over and nature's microbes are settling in for their winter nap, you might think you can ignore your compost heap, but you can't. You can't. You've got to keep it going. Top up your compost with some nice, fresh, organic material to keep it going. You might even want to throw in a bit of manure as well if you're that way inclined with your (laughs) compost.
0: (laughs) That's if you have a compost heap.
1: Oh, get! You should have a compost heap. You're, not Don't if. have one. Well, get one, Pete. Get okay, one. Okay. All, right. all right. Replenish your mulches. Make Where do sure I buy those from? Well, you can just make a compost heap, Pete, but... If you, if you want to buy one, go to one of oh, our local okay. nurseries. Okay. You can buy one of those, you know, bin things you can get as well. Now you're going to get out there and you're going to replenish your mulch So because the same, in summer the mulch keeps the soil nice and cool and keeps the water in. Well, it keeps the water in as well. We have dry spells during winter so we need to keep that moisture in our soil but also we want to keep our soil a little warmer. So mulch does double duty there as well. And it's a good time to get out and review the plants in your garden and assess the growing season.
0: Well it goes without saying that um, you know it's not the time of year to plant plants is it? No it is it, the time not to the time plant. Yes, it's planting now.
1: Yes there's lots of things that you oh, can plant Chevrolet. now. Pete, don't you? You're be.
0: defying gravity, or something, I'm aren't
1: not I'm not defying gravity. Every single week, we get our hands dirty around here in the garden gang, and we get to plant things as well. So, we can still plant lots of brassicas. There's, a lot of, I mean, there's so many things we can plant. You can still be planting spiders. I've got brassicas bulbs. here on
0: one thumb. <laughs> What's next? I've got brassicas <laughs> on two thumbs. All yeah. you can say is brassicas. No,
1: I can't. Say just brass because there's lots of things. There's beans, there's peas that you can oh, plant okay. at the like. moment. You can oh, there's tons of things. And there's lots of uh, there's lots of flowers that can be planted. The good old delphiniums can go in, and the violets can go in, and your wallflowers can go in on. We go on and on.
0: I've got two hands now. Oh. <laughs> so to summarise, what are the top, say, top three winter prep jobs? Motivation, of course, we mentioned that, <laughs> to get out there out of that lovely warm. <laughs> you know, TV lounge room. I don't know if there's a job, but yes, you need to get
1: motivated. Uh, Look, I'd say the top three things you'd have to do is amend your soil, make sure that your soil's doing okay. That's always, always something you need to do. So make sure you put in plenty of compost and organic fertilisers if need be. Remove invasive weeds before they take hold and also top your mulch up. That's what I'd say your top three are.
0: Okay, well, that's only gives me three fingers. Right, beautiful. (laughs) I'll get started on number one today. I'll get motivated. Right, get
1: motivated. I'll get
0: home, get motivated with a couple of uh, nice uh, G&Ts. Okay, you know the story. I do know
1: the story. Okay,
0: thank you very much, Sherilyn. kind of think that's falling on deaf ears somehow.
1: For you, maybe, (laughs) not the rest of our lovely gangsters.
0: Okay, this is the Gardening Gang and we're serious about gardening, aren't we? We are. Sherilyn and Pete, every Saturday morning, thanks to Alan Grahams Caravans and RVs and Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Coast FM. Ambit is the Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. May is getting a bit chilly for yes. the, you know, for the body. It is. But not for planting, I don't no, think.
1: No, you can always plant things. What about
0: uh, for winter veggies? Is it time to sort of start opening up the uh,
1: time for ages, packet but <laughs>
0: of seeds here?
1: Yes, we've been <laughs> able to do that. But today we're talking about things that you can plant now going into winter that you can eat. I've got Jen Jones here from Permaculture Central Coast and also the author of the very popular blog Pickles Patch on the line. Pete,
0: you remember, Jen? Okay, it's Pete with the Pickles Patch Jen here. <laughs> Jen, good morning to you. How are you all Are you today? keeping warm on these uh, chilly Saturday mornings? Um, oh, I certainly am. Okay. It's
2: the best time to be up. Oh,
0: it's a beautiful time of the year too. And yes. uh, we're thinking about, uh, at our place, uh, doing a bit of a, uh, you know, a big turnover because price of veggies are so expensive now. My God, yeah. mm. have you seen the yes, price of turnips are. at the moment? <laughs> Carrots <laughs> uh, And so I need to get started here. So what's my first Step there, Jen. To uh...
2: okay, well, um, at the moment it's the perfect weather for all of your leafy greens and things like that, uh, silver beet, rainbow chard, spinach, English spinach, especially, mm-hmm. um, all your cabbage varieties and like radicchio and brussels sprouts, uh, kale, carrots, mm-hmm. garlic, mint. You can start your bare-rooted asparagus corms now. Oh, uh, asparagus. Even macadamias. Macadamias. are a great one macadamias. to plant right now.
0: That's going take you years to get a crop out of that,
2: won't it? <laughs> no, if you plant uh, advanced asparagus corms, bare-rooted ones that you can buy, like you can buy some of your other bulbs and flowering plants mm-hmm. and pop them in, they're mature corms, so it doesn't take as long for them to produce edible asparagus for you.
0: Now, in all those uh, vegetables you mentioned there, Jen, you never ma- mm-hmm. mentioned the, the common old spud.
2: Ah, now, no, I didn't. I
3: because, hadn't gotten I mean,
0: that far yet. We've, oh. had, we've had this uh, – we, well, last month, when we, prior to that, there was this amazing shortage of spuds in Australia. We couldn't even buy – a packet of chips at Woolies oh, like without seven, paying seven about or eight, 3 or $5 a no, kilo. Was seven, oh, that
1: was $7 for a packet of crisps, Just ridiculous. I heard. Like, what? Yeah. So what about your own spud
2: garden? That's right. You can plant spuds. You know, you don't even need soil for spuds. You can grow spuds in between layers of hay with newspaper and a bit of manure sprinkled in between. They'll grow without soil quite happily. So you can stack that up in any old corner that gets a bit of sun at this time of year. Preferably north facing <laughs> is the best one. Pete's looking really perplexed here. I
0: didn't realise just paper is yeah is, uh, paper and manure and
2: straw or loose and yeah. hay in, in bales. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and potatoes will go quite happily in that.
0: And why was there a big um, shortage of spuds? You reckon? Jen, what was the background to that? I think
2: it was a supply issue. I think it was a supply issue. I'm not
1: too sure, but I think it's a supply issue. I I didn't actually notice it in our house. (laughs) Oh, she has everything there. Jen is amazing. If you listen to the Gardening Gang regularly, you might remember Jen as our pickle queen. She came in a couple of months ago with all the pickles, and she keeps everything in those beautiful – Oh concoctions that she makes and pickles and jams and every it was so nice and what about the limoncello as well
0: we're going from potatoes to limoncello i wonder wonder if she makes vodka (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's the husband's job well she does she does (laughs) there you go that's my
2: husband's department but yes we do make our own Mm -hmm. but um you wanted to know about planting and there's a whole host of other varieties of things that can be planted depending on your taste like All of the alum species, so shallots, onions, chives, garlic chives, Egyptian or walking onions if you want something a little more exotic, Mm. uh, which is a wonderful uh, clumping perennial onion. Yes. Um, And then you herbs, oregano, winter tarragon, coriander, parsley, uh, chicory, rocket, um, and more vegetables like fennel and swede and turnips can be put in now and right through the beginning of winter.
0: And are pests less prevalent this time of year? or Definitely, yes. Oh, you see, oh, yeah, okay. those that have uh, problems
2: with things like fruit fly will notice the numbers will start to drop off right now. Mm-hmm. If you've got things like tomatoes and chilies growing in a north-facing spot that a, has a bit of a sun trap, then you'll find your season is extended and those things won't get attacked from here on in either.
0: Well... Gangsters Hello. it is time to get your hands dirty obviously you See know anyone? you've got uh, Jen man who's uh, the expert at uh, winter planting. Well done, Jen. We've got uh, a lot of enthusiasm now to get in there and get cracking.
1: I know what's going to happen in that corner next to your pool. You're going to start making (laughs) vodka out of those potatoes (laughs) in a hay bale. It's happening. Don't tell anyone. I can can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. And don't forget there's other things instead
2: of potatoes that you can grow to add carbohydrates to your diet. And native arrowroot is a fantastic plant. Yes. You can buy it at the shop and it's arrowroot, but not many people know that it's native. It's mm. a native canna lily, so it's quite ornamental. You mm-hmm. can plant it. It'll fill a space in 12 months. It makes great chips, oh, and make- then all you have to do is pull it all up and uh, replant a couple to replenish the whole stock. And It'll yeah. fill the yeah. yeah. space again. It'll make
0: chips. Did you say chips? Chips. Okay. That's right. Yeah. There was another word there that wasn't quite no, so
2: edible.
0: <laughs> 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 That's great news. Well, thank you, Jen. Appreciate your feedback today about um, what we should be doing for winter planting. Yeah, what Wonderful.
1: we can plant. Thanks, mm-hmm.
2: Jen. Appreciate Thanks for that. giving me a
0: call, guys. Have a great day. There's Jen Jones from the gardening gang this morning at Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. It is the mighty gardening gang today. Yes. And Sherilyn, we've got MC Microbe on the uh, telephone here. Because he's got some (laughs) very interesting stats today. Mm -hmm. I won't go into it now, but this will intrigue you. Uh G'day, MC. How are you going? Hi, MC. Hey, good morning. Good morning, gang. Good to speak to you again. uh, Well, speaking is the name of the game, mate. This is a radio show after all. Can't snore on the job. Now, you have some goss, we call it the Gardening Goss, about, I uh, understand, some green living credentials from an international study. Now, are you excited about this one, MC?
4: I am. Yeah, it's good to to get an idea of how our world is living up to their promises. And one, uh, one set of numbers to refer to is uh, a list of different states' EPIs, which is their Environmental Performance Index. Ah, it's basically okay. a, a method of, of quantifying and measuring um, the environmental performances of each state's policies. Now, so uh, where do we come in? Well,
0: before we go in that direction, here's the question for you. This is something you can explain to us. What is Australia's position? Is it um, you know zero by 2090? No, that would be a bit far off, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, uh, where what's our
4: where our latest love... goal? I think has been a very limited, or if not any emissions by 2050. 50. Okay, um, but this this our EPI score has gone up in the past ten years uh, by 10.3. So what oh. does that even mean? It just means, I guess that the Australians as a whole are becoming a bit more aware of their footprint on the environment, and they want to, they want to make a change um, towards renewable energy, and they see, uh, believe that that is the way forward.
0: They just uh, closed down that big generator at uh, Liddell up there at Muscle oh, they did, Yeah, that's one big uh, chunk of. Uh that would have Shall pushed say, our
1: ratings up a lot.
0: Yes, that would have like, that would have reduced our footprint somewhat. Okay, let's uh, look at these countries.
1: All right, so where? What number are we in that list? One to twenty-five, MC.
0: Where we are, we are in the top twenty-five. Oh my um, god!
1: You thought we weren't in it at all? Yeah. Okay, we're in there. Hooray! Are we
0: ahead of New Zealand? That's <laughs> the important one.
4: Was seventy percent of Australians want to live an eco-friendly life, okay. uh, and fifty-five percent of us believe it's It's the change that we need to make. And we're number 16
0: on on that. Oh, okay.
1: That's pretty good. Probably
0: Norway ahead of us, I think. Maybe. Do you have the rank order? We might go through the whole rank I want to
1: know. Yeah, I want to know who number one is, MC. Mm.
0: Of course, of course. Yeah. You mentioned Norway, Pete.
4: Norway's uh, number 10. And Mm. you've got a lot of. Oh, have a guess. Have a guess. Who do you think number one is going to be?
0: Well, I thought it might have been the land of the Kiwis, mate. The land of the long white no, cloud. I think it
1: might be. Yeah. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I thought it might have been Denmark, Norway, or Sweden. That's I what Box
0: I would one have. There you go. There you go. Land on
4: the money, Sherilyn. So Sweden uh. are number one. <laughs> oh, the home yes. of the Volvo
1: and, and IKEA furniture. And ble-
4: <laughs> Believe it or not, back in 1967, Mm. uh, Sweden Mm. had already established an environmental protection agency. They Mm. were the first in the country to pass the Protection Act and they've come a long way since then.
1: Oh, not, they not even taking... had a carbon
4: tax back in
0: 1991. Do you oh, know? Right? I
1: didn't know Jeez. how they had all that, but not be, not taking anything away from the Swedes. But you know, it's a socialist country, so I was that's what I based it on. I was like, it's not yeah.
0: communist though.
1: They're not. I didn't say communism. Yeah, I said socialist. That's well, what that's they're right. Saying. They're so told they, what to do. Yeah, they're told what to do. So, but you but know, they... that that makes them pull into line a bit quicker than everybody else. <laughs> it's only like eight million
0: thinking. people, maybe twelve. Yeah,
1: but it doesn't it, look. It's, I think this tiny is a tiny country ranking Would
0: fit ranking, into the central though. coast area, you know. This is a Not yeah. That's, that's a good point to
4: make. Actually, that think about the scale of how big, uh, mm. how big we are mm. compared to them. And then I thought, oh, well, let's compare. Uh, let's let's zoom in on on our separate states too. So, um, it made me think. Oh. You know, Tasmania is a pretty bit of a front runner. They're at the spearhead of of uh, renewable energy, yeah. uh-huh. and in. in um, to list last year, um, they had the highest renewable renewable energy of of the of all the states in Australia, ninety nine point one percent of all their energy was renewable, which is pretty which is pretty incredible. Yeah.
0: Um, it's it's always been big there. Yeah, it's always been.
1: Yeah, they've, yeah, they've, yeah. they've always been very conscious. Yeah, lots
0: of uh, flowing rivers and things like that, you know. That, oh, There's yeah, no that's deserts.
1: A, MC wouldn't remember that time with the, uh, you know, the banning of the damming of the Gordon Below that's Franklin it. River. Yes. The so that the Franklin was, flow. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I remember that. I actually went to a, a Greenpeace. Mar- it was a Greenpeace. It was one of those marches about that. When I was probably in. Were well, you up there age. with your? No, I was in Sydney. I remember it really well. I, it was my first ever protest march that I went to, and it was to ban. Good luck my... to you, girl. Yeah, it was one Good of those. Good luck to you. Yep. Yeah, okay, back to MC. Now.
0: Where, where, where do the Kiwis rank, MC? Oh look, the Kiwis aren't even on. Really? not one of twenty-five. Um, you can't find the word New they didn't Zealand make there.
1: Make it. Maybe they were tw- number twenty-six. They were just. Oh, like, I would have thought
0: just, they'd be ahead of the Land of Oz. Uh, I
1: don't know. They like driving their cars around there.
4: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Unfortunately, our neighbours didn't make it. Oh, into, into, like, over ten years ago.
5: Yeah.
4: Um, they were number fourteen. Um, oh my
0: goodness! Out of and
1: they've sl- so- well, blame they They've, sl- <laughs> they've slipped away. They've no I wonder she resigned. Away. I'm wondering if our good friends, the Japanese, are on the list because they're pretty savvy with all these sorts of things. Did they make
0: it?
4: Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Jap- Japan is on the list. Um, they actually um, name and shame people, their residents there, who, who don't abide by.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. How do they no, do that? Sushi <laughs> no sushi for the you. No sushi for you. The
4: correct waste policies. You know, they, you get a red sticker of shame on on the bag if you oh, if geez. you put it in in the wrong waste bin um, there. But they're number they're number eighteen on the list, Japan. So they're no, there the Australia beats
0: them. Are we, are we, They've
1: overtaken. They're
0: overtaken. They're yeah. yeah.
1: eighteen. A red sticker of shame. Imagine that. Imagine that on your garbage bin. Well, I found this fascinating and I'm glad that we're on the list and weaving our way up there, but some surprises there as well. Well, the
0: Gardening Goss brings you the news and it's good news for Australia, very high ranking in the environmental uh, Mm. impact uh, stakes. Well, thank you, MC, for the goss today. Very interesting, as they say.
1: Very, very interesting. Thanks, MC.
0: It's always fun to compare, isn't it? No worries, gang. Have a good weekend. Coast FM with the Gardening Gang
1: coast fm 963 we're playing great classic hits all day and you're here with the gardening gang with pete and and right now and it is time for what's hot vicky good morning vicky
2: good morning and every time i get on here there's a train going past <laughs>
1: I was wondering what was happening. Well, we know that you're down at Narara Valley Nursery there. Are you guys sending it
3: through? (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: right. Go, go. Keep you guys on your toes. (laughs) Well, other than the uh, freight train from Newcastle, what's hot around the nurseries today (laughs) and this week, Vicky?
3: Just arrived. Complete mushroom kits with everything you need to grow your own mushrooms at home. Available now at Burbank at Erina Mm Heights, Flores' Beach Garden Centre have the very showy Erica Flora. In full flower, varieties include White Delight and Winter Fire. Coachwood Nursery at Summers, we have open days on the 10th, 11th and 12th of June, an opportunity to grab some cheap cuttings of rare succulents and YA Nursery are very excited to announce that they have dwarf jacaranda trees. No But way. hurry, because they do. <laughs> these miniature marbles, I can't imagine, will last very long.
1: You, you can tell. Look, I'm so excited about it. I'm like, I'm at the door. I'm at the door. I, I love jacarandas, and I've heard those dwarf jacarandas are brilliant. They're very good. Well, the last
3: time I spoke about these on this segment, Lee Rowan's Garden World had them, and they didn't last long. And we actually nope. had people coming here thinking that I was advertising them here. <laughs> uh,
1: right. Yes, and I missed out too. I had to so send them on their way. <laughs> I missed out too, so I'm going to go up to Wai'i, I think this weekend. Well, I'll have to hurry up. All right. Yeah, so good. on that note, what is hot at Narara Valley Nursery?
3: We have very tall forsythia camellias in 300ml pots, bursting with flowers, and they're all 50% off. You won't believe your eyes when you see them and look at the price
1: tag. So, hurry, this is our second batch and our very Mm -hmm. last one too. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is camellia time now too, isn't it? I love those. They're so pretty. It is, and
3: the last lot we didn't get enough in and they sold out so now we're really
1: stocked up so get in this weekend because I think they'll either be very sparse on Monday or gone completely <laughs> well I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say what's not hot I think what's not hot is not getting to the your local nursery in a very quick time but uh, exactly <laughs> but what <laughs> get, in, but in, <laughs> get in the DeLorean oh that's it okay in all seriousness <laughs> Vicky what is not hot around the garden world today It's not hot when
3: you forget to prune and now is the perfect time to prune repeat flowering roses, hydrangeas, crepe myrtles, deciduous fruit trees and your grapevines. Ah,
1: yes. Get out there and do some pruning so you get nice healthy plants going into the next seasons. Excellent tip. That's right. All right, Vicky, thank you so much for letting us know what's hot and what's not in the garden world. We did have a few inquiries about the botanical game. It's returning next week, everyone. Wow, it's popular. We didn't realise how popular it was until we didn't
3: Yeah, I love that game.
1: (laughs) Is it a fact or is it a fib? It returns next week to the gardening gang. And until then, Vicky, take care. Thanks, guys. See ya. You're listening to Coast FM 963 with Pete and Sherilyn with the Gardening Gang.
0: Coast FM, this is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn on Saturday morning. And Sherilyn, you've got got to hear this bell going. It's beautiful. It's it's like Christmas in in the city. (laughs) Okay, time to get your hands dirty, friends and neighbours.
1: Yes, it is. Get those boots on and get ready to put that hand in the soil. But first of all, let's have a look at what's on around the coast that you might be interested in.
0: So much.
1: On Saturday, the 10th of June, there's a terrarium workshop on at Burbank House and Garden at Erinner. You're going to learn to design and make a closed glass terrarium and you get to take that home. It comes complete with living plants and an ornament to create interest. You'll learn how terrariums work so you can make more at home and also how to care for them so that they last. To go along, you'll need to book at Burbank. You can call them on 436 655 396. Now, here's a night to support our friends at the East Gosford Community Garden. It's an Australiana trivia night on Saturday the 10th of June at 6.30pm. Support one of our wonderful community gardens with a night of fun and it includes cash prizes for the winning table and other great prizes as well. This is being held at the East Gosford Progress Hall. Now, there are tickets at the door or you can book at www.trybooking.com. So, what can you do in your garden this week? You can plant colouring any herbs, artichokes, broad beans, broccoli, brussels sprouts, cabbages, cauliflower, cress, garlic, kohlrabi, lettuce, mustard, onions, peas, shallots, spring onions, silver beets, spinach, and also lots of flowers, including a few of those spring bulbs and also calendula, candy tufts, Canterbury bells, carnations, columbines. Cornflowers, Delphiniums, Dianthus, Everlasting Daisies, Forget-Me-Nots, Foxgloves, Gypsophila, Hollyhock, Honesty, Larkspur. Wow, there's a lot this week. Nigellas, Pansies, Poppies, Primulas, Snapdragons, Status Stock, Sweet Peas, Violas and still Wallflowers.
0: Wallflowers, the middle of winter? Come on, they've got to have a break sometime. It's getting close, it's getting close. It's the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn here this morning. Back to the classics now. Coast FM with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this winter's morning. Well, not quite winter, winter. Cold, though. Yeah, it's cold. Chilly. Mm. And uh, Tanya's joining us. Tanya is our pet vet nurse. And I think you ladies have worked out a little question because I'm not a pet owner.
1: No, you I've two worked are,
0: it out. About winter coats. I have. Hi, Good, Tanya.
3: Hi, Tanya. Good morning, guys.
0: Cold at your place?
3: Oh, it is a little chilly, yeah.
0: Well, Tanya, we've got a question for you.
1: I have. Okay, so my dog, Sailor – sorry, I've got to bring him up again. He's a boxer and he's got very short fur. He's actually a white boxer, so very short. And he, he's always cold all the time. Now, I have seen all these beautiful coats in the pet stores and, and big stores as well. And I love putting these coats on him all the time. You he just jackets. Yeah, like dog jackets. That's oh, what dog you, jacket, and, and jumpers, Pete. He loves his <laughs> jumper as well. Mitten. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know – like. Like like seriously, like I suppose if I stop and think about it, these animals, you know, they survived without coats back way back when when there weren't people knitting for them or or sewing up, you know. In the
0: Alpine regions particularly, (laughs) which is a lot colder than here.
1: So, Tanya, am I doing the right thing by putting a jumper on Sailor? Uh, Do you know, it's it's a very interesting question and,
3: you know, they're – Animals do run hotter than us, okay? So their core cool body temperature is hotter, mm-hmm. okay? So when we're cold, they're not necessarily cold, okay? Right. And we do have so many cute coats and jackets and even T-shirts. and. Oh, yeah, he's got and T-shirts. Glasses. He's got pyjamas. Eh? He's got pyjamas. Uh, yes, we've got, uh, we've got all sorts. We've even got shoes for dogs and, you know, we've got all sorts of accessories uh, for dogs and, um, cats and rabbits and birds and all mm. sorts of animals. Um, so, look, to answer your question, sometimes sometimes oh. it's appropriate, sometimes it's not. But if you put these, particularly the coats that you find in, in pet stores, if you put these on an animal and you put your fingers under, under them, not after they've been wearing them for a mm. particular amount of time, it can feel pretty warm in there. Mm. Okay. So the answer is yes, but the answer is also no. Okay, but okay. you've got to be very, very careful that they don't overheat. breeds ah. like li- like little whippets or Italian greyhounds. You know, mm-hmm. they've got nothing on them, and they feel the they feel cold, you know, a lot. Okay, but they also, and some other dog breeds, can also find this these coats or these jumpers. Mm. as a security
1: thing. So they do They do like them, mm. like to have them on as a security thing. He does. So um, does. He actually comes up to me and if I hold it up and go, you want your jumpy on? He gets all excited and then he stands still like, yeah, put it on, put it on, put it on. But conversely, he does come up to get it off. He does. Mm. He comes up, and I and I'm like, "What's wrong?" And I forget, and then I go, "Oh, I'll take it off," and I'll take it off, and then he's all happy again as well. I mean, he's an older dog. He's coming up to well, three. Looking
0: after kids, isn't it?
1: He? he is. My, I'm a middle aged woman <laughs> with a with a dog. Of course, it's like my kid. <laughs> I think a lot of
0: these ideas came from American TV shows, and of course, in America, the weather's uh, a lot cooler in winter oh, than it is here, snowing and blizzards and things like that. Yeah. So maybe we haven't quite got the climate for the uh, the full blown outfits, you know? I don't know. It's so Although,
3: healthy. I mean. Answer your question: Would they be okay? Would most breeds be okay in our Australian,
1: generally in mm. our
3: Australian climate without the coast? Probably they'd
1: be all right. And I'm, all right. I'm talking, okay. I'm
3: talking generally. I'm not talking, you know, up in, okay. up in the snowy mountains or,
1: you know, where there is actual, actual. Sight. But on the central coast, um, we'd be all right. On the
0: central, central coast. Oh, it gets cold on summer street. Would,
3: <laughs> it, does, it does get cold, but most. <laughs> Head would be okay, providing they're healthy.
0: Just thinking, when the little pup or the cat or the kitten is not feeling too well and being treated for some sort of illness, would the little jacket be good for them or a hindrance to their recovery?
3: Yes, depending. Um, so if they're spiking at temperature, no, you don't want to put anything on oh, them. No. It's like a human, okay. But if they have had an anaesthetic, it's always a good idea to try and keep them indoors and to keep them warm because mm-hmm. following an anesthetic, they're unable to regulate their body temperature. Okay. So, um,
1: worthwhile, knowing.
3: Yeah, look. Yeah. Have, and, and then there's raincoats, okay? So, raincoats are a good idea. I've if got a raincoat for you. Want to keep, <laughs> yeah, and you want to keep them warm. thing you've got to be careful about, though, is you don't want to overheat them and yep. you don't want to. Raincoats, you've got to be careful of because or any coats actually, if, if you do get moisture under there, you don't want to cause a hot spot, okay, no because dogs, ha- dogs have fur and if you do get water mm. or any sort of, a beg your pardon, moisture under there
5: mm-hmm.
3: um, and, and it rubs, so you've got heat moisture, under, underneath under the
5: coat. Underneath the, the jacket. Coat. Oh, the I'm coat. sorry. I thought you they meant can under get like there. A, under,
1: no, not under there. They get like little fungal things and I tell you, I, you a lot of these coats and jackets come with a warning and I abide by it, never leave them on when you're not there. Because and really? I've thought, well, and i thought about it and I went, Oh yeah, because you know, especially an active dog or any dog or cat, because they could get strangled, they could get it caught on something.
0: Has anyone ever trained their dog to remove their own jackets or are they <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know, totally at I our don't whim? Can, I don't know if you can try. oh you probably could. Some dogs are very, very clever. Um, dogs can some dogs can definitely get them off. Yeah. Some dogs will chew them, will chew them off. <laughs> we have a little, we have um, a little Italian greyhound who comes into oncology, a l- sweetest little girl, and she um, she does have cancer, but she wears a fleece jumper oh. and she comes wrapped in a blanket, no matter what the temperature is outside, she- and she's always super hot underneath. Super, Is super hot.
1: But she likes to but be like I, that.
3: Well, yeah, her mum says she does. But I think um, mm. I usually I take her jumper off because she's, she's hot. Yeah. Um, but she does like to be wrapped in a blanket. So Aww. I wrap her in a blanket. Um, and that's how we do her chemotherapy and that's how we take blood from her. Aww.
1: And she's just
3: very, very calm, wrapped in something. But when I put her on the ground, she's actually fine. She runs around and she wags her tail and then I put her blanket on the ground, and she will go and sit on her blanket. So she's, she's okay without her jumper, so to speak, but she does prefer to be wrapped in something.
0: Well, what's hot and what's not uh, to the pets? That's the question today. I that's think uh, via all measures, be sensible. Be, be sensible. sensible,
1: be sensible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Thank you, Tanya. Great
0: advice as always. Tanya is our pet vet nurse, heard every Saturday morning, here with the gang at Coast FM co Steph Ammons, The Gardening Gang, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy moving through on a wonderful Saturday morning here. Uh, we've got uh, our real estate guru on the line. We do. We do. Lachlan McDonnell. Good morning to you, by the way. <laughs> good morning, are you there? Well, yes, good morning, guys. Are oh, you there. Excellent, mate. <laughs> He's on the line for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, let's talk about um, the money that real estate people charge as commissions. Now, this is something that uh, no one puts up on the window in their real estate shop. Oh, our commissions are only... or 4%, I don't even know what they are these days. So, Lachlan, is there a prescribed uh, maximum commission that uh, real estate agents can charge their uh, their vendors?
5: There's not, Pete. It's uh, it's basically market-driven. So, like anything, it's depending on market forces, really, and, um, you know, level of competition, things like that. So, you know, you can basically... You are able to set your standard of fees based on you know what you feel you offer, based on the services you provide, mm-hmm. and uh, people can obviously make a decision as to whether they see value in that.
0: Aha. So do many people choose an agent by virtue of the rate that's being charged from your experience, mate?
5: A lot of the time, people people will make that their decision point. I mean, obviously, we often say that it's probably the worst thing to make a decision on because... The, people get really fixated on that percentage, but it could mean a difference of, let's say, $1,000, $1,500, you know, maybe even a couple of thousand to the commission, and you think that sounds like a lot, but when you're talking about something that might cost a million dollars, it really fades into insignificance if you don't get the best price, right? So it, yeah. it, it's probably not the best metric to measure on
1: And do real estate agents include different – when you said different services, so I'm just – I'm standing back as a bit of a novice because I haven't sold anything before. I've bought something. So so would you be offering, say, different types of advertising and do some value real estate, added stuff. yeah, value-added stuff? Or do, or is there the case, this is what I'm asking as a novice, is there a case of, say, a real estate agent going, right, this is the percentage, and you go, oh, that sounds fantastic. But then when you sign in, they go, oh, if you want, you know, uh, advertising and, and a whole big, beautiful, colourful thing in the Broature newspaper, a brochure, like that. that's going to be extra. We're Whereas some real estate agents, do they actually go, no, that's all included in ours? Is that something you need to be aware of?
5: Yeah, it's definitely something you need to be aware of, but it normally happens the other way around. Normally what you'll find is an agent will say, hey, guess what? We've got this great package and you don't have to pay for marketing. Because a lot of the okay. time, the, the marketing has become separate. And I'll tell you why. You know, Your agent needs to be impartial in the sale. They need to give you advice that's impartial. That's really important. Okay. As advertising costs have gone up and up and up and, you know, realestate.com and Domain, they're quite expensive to put on the properties on there now. Mm-hmm. What are, ends up happening is the agent's out of pocket from day one if they're paying for the marketing. Now, unfortunately, that puts the M in a position where they, they need to sell your property to get their money back. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, they right? might get desperate,
5: yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, not necessarily that they get desperate, but it just means that that advice is not from a completely neutral position. They have a need to sell your property. Whereas if the marketing is separate and as the owner you've paid for that, the agent has no nothing invested other than their time. So right. they can give you much more impartial advice and if they don't think that you should take a particular offer. It's no skin off their nose waiting for an extra few weeks to try and get you a better price. So that's the way the industry's tended to go.
0: Okay. Lachlan, come with me if you can, and let's throw some figures around. Now, I remember uh, about uh, five years ago, I had an appraisal done at my house over at Sarah, and it was about 850000 850, right? Mm. And uh, today it's been, I think, doub- almost double that. The rates haven't changed. I was still, I think, quoted about 2.5%. Is Mm. that the case? I mean, have rates come down since the values have gone up?
5: Yeah, so they have definitely come down, Pete. I mean, even around that 2.5% that you were talking is sort of below what the coast was not that long ago. You know, it was pretty normal for the coast to be between 2.75 and Uh 3.3, which was the old standard of fees, that 3.3. But as we've crept up closer and closer to Sydney, yeah, definitely, you're seeing fees come down to take that into consideration. But you're always going to find a wide variance of fees. You know, sometimes, just like a, a mortgage, for example, uh, it can vary by up to a percent. Like, it's quite a quite Correct. a difference between yeah, good point, what mate. you might, yep. might get off it. Yep. But the difference, similar to a mortgage, is in, like I said yep. earlier, in, in the features, and sometimes... The cheapest isn't always the best option. Mm. Similar in a way to when you're paying for legal advice, what you're paying for is experience and you're paying for somebody's intellectual property. So the agent you're employing, if they have really good experience, they know the values, they are a really good negotiator, that intellectual property is what you're paying for and they could mean a significant difference to you in terms of final sale price.
0: Well, it all seems to be uh, the result of negotiation on both sides. So, Lachlan, uh, I'm sure you're uh, quite skilled in that area. There, so Mm, that's
1: uh, good. Yeah, good advice. I like it. Now my eyes have been opened. Thanks, Lachlan.
0: I'll do a deal for you for 2%. I haven't got my ticket yet. I I, trust Lachlan's
1: experience. (laughs) Fair, Lachlan, on a high
0: note for you there this morning. Thanks to Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners, always impartial here with the Gardening Gang. Thanks, buddy.
1: Thanks, Lachlan.
5: Thanks, guys.